you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 94 the red diamond courier i am here with you as always your host bob chichinsky with my good good friend dog bark 24 my dude how are you doing this fine week uh, i'm doing pretty good right now how are you i'm doing good man uh we're here on a sunday night uh glad to be talking about some elder scrolls uh, this week, uh, it was a bit of a tough time getting us uh, both in a you know a room together at the same time to talk, but here we are, and we got plenty to talk about because they recently announced that uh, the next uh, DLC is going to be dropping. Uh, I wish I had those dates in front of me. I don't, but it's like an um, August twenty second and September sixth. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Pretty sure on that. So uh, definitely end of August, early September. But the big thing is that in the update coming with it, update thirty five is going to be bringing some big, big changes, especially for combat. So they dropped us a combat preview, and uh, we got an ESO live that delved into that a bit more and then we got patch notes too that really delved into that so we're gonna break all those things down for you guys in uh, the most cohesive fashion that we can and uh you go i mean i'm sure that you guys all heard about this people are it's the hot topic of the week and we want to make sure that uh you guys are not just gonna go out there and uh think that the sky is falling because it's not um you know there are definitely going to be some changes that are crazier than others and we're going to talk about them all but uh you know in the end probably every most things are going to be okay and uh the good thing to know about pts and why you guys know we usually don't even talk about uh, PTS and stuff until it becomes live is because it goes through so many changes. So they still got plenty of weeks to really delve through these changes. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be an ongoing thing, but we're going to talk about the base of what their ideas and concepts are uh, for these changes going forward. So that's what we are here to do tonight. And uh, that's our goal to accomplish. We just want to make sure you guys are, have your head wrapped around these changes as well before they uh, are even close to coming to live. And if they continue to drastically change, we will touch on that as well because they're just really big things that are going on right now. So, before we get into all that, we do have some... And we have our serial scores and update for you guys, as always. So, dogged, why don't we get right into it, my dude? Let's uh, hear some news. All right, so the Zeal of Zenithar event is now over. Um, it was a pretty interesting event. Kind of cool. Um, I definitely sold a lot of glyphs and intricate items during the event. 
Um, it was a very bank cleansing event for me. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I ended up forgetting to buy a bunch of the big houses that gave you titles, which is kind of the main purpose of what I wanted to get done with the event. And I forgot about it. So I bought a lot of like little tiny houses that were like, oh, I need this house so I can just travel here instead of using this way shrine because this house is closer. So I did buy a, a few houses, but not the really big expensive ones that I wanted. Yeah, I definitely uh, did not buy any houses or do any of that cool stuff. I did get tickets pretty much every day and got all my pieces for the Griffin on Xbox, but I had never gotten the pet before because I wasn't playing on Xbox earlier this year, like the dragon pet. So I still have to get the last piece and like create that so I could then create my Griffin. But and I did that, so I did something. Well, that's good. I mean, you're halfway there now, right? Yeah, and I traveled to a lot of way shrines for very cheap. Yes, the cheap way shrine travel was definitely nice. Yeah, I liked the options for like getting the tickets too. Like, oh, you could do a chest, or you could level up, or you could just walk five feet to the left and buy a rosin, which is what I did. Pretty much every time. Yeah, those are pretty solid choices. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. Uh, but during the Zenithar event, for the most part, I spent my time just clearing High Isle. And uh, I must say that now that I've fully finished it all, it's a very awesome, very rewarding experience to uh, just take it all. And I remember... I don't know if it was Blackwood, maybe, or maybe it was elsewhere. I'm not sure. Or Actually, maybe it was uh, Graymore that you dogged. You were like, yeah, I'm not going to finish the main story until I clear out all the side quests for the zone because at the last, you know, whatever party, uh, all the homies will be there for the main story quest of the chapter. And I was like, oh, wow, I never... I didn't really think about that. And so this time I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Clear out all the side quests. So all the homies from those quests will be at the end. And certainly they were there. And there are some great, great side quests along the way. Um, there's the dancing dog, Ruba. It's Steadfast Manor. You know, you got to go get down with, that, with the homie over there. There is um, the singing uh, bard freaking that does singing magic yeah so if that's i mean if that's not uh a hint of a possible uh bard class or something then it's pretty much just a slap in the face to everyone who wants it i mean honestly right yeah uh, yeah i don't know i didn't do that quest yet so yeah and uh i definitely i highly recommend that one very, very good quest. I won't get too into it, even though I could, but she's cool. Uh, and, you know, you guys all know the quest that I love so much that Dogged just loves to hate on, the, um, you know, Privet and the homie that takes care of her. Mm-hmm. got to go save her from all those evil, uh, I don't even remember what they were, just, like, you know, crab-looking things. Yeah. 
Is that the sheet? It's Privet the, the sheep. sheep. <laughs> yeah. Privet is not food. Privet is friend. No, Privet is food. No, you dog. Can, yeah. There's plenty of recipes that you can make with games, so. Sheep is not game, okay? Game is like a rabbit. I, I'm pretty sure when you kill sheep, it drops game. Almost positive. Like okay. 99.8% sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Whatever. Um, but, yeah. So there's a lot of great quests. And um, other than that, it was a little bit hard to get that finished. Because I have finally gotten myself addicted to, uh, to Tales of Tribute. Just full send. Um, the last few days, I have finally gotten myself to slow down a little bit which is a true miracle because there's a point where i was just only playing that for like hours and like as if i have hours to game because i don't but i was squeezing in every possible minute of gaming that i could just to play tales of tribute there's one night i dreamed about it after playing it for several hours before going to bed so the addiction is pretty strong right now and it is a truly enjoyable game, I must say. Uh, there are things that they could do to make it better, of which I'm not entirely sure. But, you know, one thing would be, um, you know, in chess, you can offer to concede, you know, like, okay, I get, I'm I'm done. And uh, the other player accepts, and, you know, you call it a day. And it's a, you know sign of respect you know you're you know giving them the respect of showing that you know you know that they're gonna win and it's you know boom you guys don't have to play all the way to the end of the game you both accept uh and move on and go to the next game and uh currently it's like in the bg situation battleground situation where if you go to concede the match then you're gonna get penalized and the player who you concede from is not going to get the the win to like count towards their like daily or I don't know maybe even their rank I'm not too sure about that but like both players don't need to get penalized for that neither player needs to get penalized if one player just quits out and leaves somehow and that's one thing but if you offer to concede and the other player accepts it I think that, that would be a good way to fix that problem but yeah, I, I you know, and I've gotten a few of the decks and everything, so really into that, and uh, just been clearing the heck out of High Isle. So that was mainly most of my Zeal of Zenithar event, um, and uh, it it was a great time. Yeah, it uh, sounds like a great, like a good time. Um, I don't know how I feel about the card game. Um. Like some days I'm like, oh yeah, I'll play this. And other days, like, I don't want to play this. I, I don't want to. Do, I don't want to do anything with this card game. And it, I'm kind of going back and forth on it. So, yeah, I feel you on that. There are sometimes when I'm playing it and I'm like playing it. I'm playing it so much. I'm like, man, it will be fun to play just some Elder Scrolls right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I know my most recent game I played. Like I was just doing like a ranked because you know whatever. Um, and I was playing, I ended up playing and get this guy and he dropped like two decks I've never even seen before. 
Um, and it, like I knew like you know the basic four and the green one, and this guy dropped like two other ones. I'm like I don't even know what these cards do. I have no idea what's going on. I don't like it here. <laughs> and, and I and I lost terribly. Like it was bad. Yeah, it when people drop like the reach deck, I'm like, oh god. <laughs> I'm like, you put way more hours in this than I've probably been playing ESO like this past week. So yeah, because like Graham said, you have to be like rank seven to get uh, that one, and that's like a lot of grinding. Because I'm only gonna be barely hitting rank four, like, and I'm not even there yet. I, I don't even know if I'm rank one. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know what, what you start at, but yeah, he started. I might, be, I might be almost at rank two, maybe. Yeah, so I, I feel you on that, man. But uh, what about just high aisle overall? Are you, are you almost done there? Um, I've done some of the side quests. There you go. Uh, yeah, I, I what about uh, the main story. I, I'm sorry, the main story. Um, I haven't started it. Yeah, the main thing that I've been doing the Zealous Zenithar event was just doing my Fighters Guild, Mage Guild, and Undaunted quests, and I've gotten all my companions to ten, ten, ten on the guilds on their guild lines, skill lines. Oh, so. there you go. I still need to do that with Isabel, but I did uh, get her rapport up far enough where I've done all of her like personal quests that you could get. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I got a uh, Isabel like I got her like first uh like inspirational quest or whatever on both of my secondary characters that have him and not my main character. But I think that's <laughs> because uh I was doing the Undaunted quest on my secondary characters for her. So, yeah, those are her favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go, man. Well, you're definitely missing out. You need to do the main quest because it's actually really, really good. Very yeah, enjoyable. Especially uh, with, you know, update 35. It's coming in here in like, you know, a month and a half for Xbox. Yeah, hmm. you better get it over now. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, let's, I see you got some more PTS news stuff here right off the rip. And uh, I must say, these first ones are close to my heart because... So they are already, boom, first update out the gate since uh, Tales of Tribute dropped. They're going to do some some stuff to it. And uh, there was actually a pretty long list, but of course, you know, we're not going to get into it all because it's just the first week of PTS. Things will change. But the two that stuck out to me and ripped my heart apart were the St. Pelin deck. Two specific cards are getting an update. And uh, for Armory, which is going, uh, used to cost five gold, it's now going to cost six gold. And the same with Rally, it's going from seven gold to eight. So it's really a bit of settings. It's like my two favorite cards in all of Tales of Tribute. I mean, you know, there's some other really good ones too, especially in the St. Pelon deck. I just I love stacking power. Even though lately stacking coin and uh, just like the crow deck is really awesome too, but I see I'm gonna get lost. But regardless, those two going up in cost does hurt a little bit. But I must say, 
when it's like really early game and uh someone gets a freaking armory it's just like oh man i just want to give up right now because i'm just gonna have to slowly watch them kill me this whole time yeah it's uh you know it's sad to see but it's fair like i definitely think that especially the armory one because if someone just gets that like you know right off the rip on their first turn then that just sucks because well there's nothing you can do yeah or you're like you get first turn and you're like oh man there's this one kind of cool card you know I think I'll get that kind of cool card and maybe, you know, flip my gold for my one gold card for a two gold card. Flip my turn. You do that. The moment you take that card you thought was cool, boom, there comes the armory for them the next turn immediately. And you're just like, yeah, <gasps> great. <laughs> I hate my life. So hopefully that will prevent some of that feeling, but. Regardless, we'll see uh, what the changes come out to when live happens. But they are adjusting cards in kind of those ways. So, I never fear. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, we have, you know, a couple sets. Um, Dark Convergence. Uh, it looks like it's going to be getting a nerf. Uh, the cooldown's going to last 10 seconds longer. Um, so, that'll be nice for, like, you know, PvP. It'll be less uh, aggressive, which is nice. Yeah, more of like a situational kind of like bomber set almost, not just like I could drop it everywhere constantly. Yeah, I, mean, I think it, I think it went from like 15 seconds to 25 seconds, but yeah. And uh, the other kind of big set change that I saw was Plague Break. Um, it looks like it's getting buffed, which is interesting. Well, kind of, because it's getting buffed in one way, but it's also kind of getting nerfed in, in another um, there's going to be a cooldown now for each target, so you can't just, like, spam play break on somebody. Um, that, that's not going to be how it works. Yeah, yeah there's going to be a cooldown for each target, but you can inflict plague on multiple targets, and it always applies to the disease status effect. So, for example, if you're, say, a Templar and you use jabs, anybody you hit with jabs is going to be, you know, afflicted with plague break and diseased um which is important so if you're going to be using like you know something like occult overload and you're you're just gonna you know go farm zombies or you're gonna go do spell scar or do sky reach and plague break and occult overload means everything's gonna zap to death really fast so i'm hoping that stays like a thing because that'd be really nice just to be able to burn through all the bad guys Yeah, I still have not really messed with Plague Break myself, but it, it kills me enough, so I'm sure we'll continue to do that <laughs> in PvP. Yeah. And then lastly, we have uh, Oak and Soul that's getting in a nerf. Um, the buffs Courage, Berserk, Force Protection, and Heroism are being changed to their minor, for, uh, minor versions. Uh, this kind of sucks, but makes sense right now because... This mythic is insanely powerful in PvP, whereas in PvE, I would say it's pretty balanced as is. Honestly, I'm just really super bummed about this because I was kind of defending Zoss a little bit in one Discord a bit ago where someone was saying that 
they basically just made this item as like a selling piece for the chapter and they just threw it on there people be like oh my god there's this crazy thing that i want to go get it's so broken and then they were gonna nerf it the next patch after and i was like you know nah i don't think so and uh you know i don't think they'd really uh create something so broken only to nerf it uh just down to the ground immediately and i brought up a couple different mythics in the past that seem pretty broken that I uh, didn't necessarily get super nerfed, and even if they did, it took like a little while, at least like um, a patch or two. But yeah, with Oak and Soul Man, it's just getting the full rip treatment. It's getting the like, um, what was the first uh, one that was super broken? The mythic, uh, the the arm that? bracers or something. Yeah, it was called Thrashy and Stranglers. Thrashy and Stranglers, yeah. It's getting that treatment, the full rip treatment. (laughs) Um, Dropping all those to minor, I mean, like, there's other ways to get the majors, too, for, like, a lot of them. And um, so it's like, uh... But it's like, the way I would get a lot of those buffs is on my back bar. You know, it's my buff bar. So now I don't have a back bar with Oaken Soul. So you're really limited in ways that you're going to get uh, those major buffs to account for them not giving them to you in the first place. So I am interested to see if that's going to make it to live, that change. or if I they would will... imagine. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think uh, PvP would be in a good place if they have another three months of Oak and Soul being overpowered. Well, I mean, um, they could balance it better than that. I mean, they're just going to just full rip the, it. Uh, I think the best way for them to like balance it is that they'd have to increase the impen that uh, like either the impen trait gives or they'd have to give other impen through like battle spirit or something because mm. right now uh it seems that kind of like crit builds are you know that like crits just doing a lot of damage in pvp and that hasn't been a thing in a long time yeah it hasn't been a thing and almost since we started Probably playing forever. together like yeah, <laughs> yeah four years ago yeah like crit builds were definitely like when i first started playing pvp Everyone's doing crit builds, and that was like five or six years ago now. So, yeah, it's been a long time since they got rid of crit builds in PvP. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And uh, there's definitely uh, there's going to be you know changes before it hits live. Will this one get changed more? Who knows? We will see. But uh, as far as uh, just some uh, offside PETS stuff, that we want to bring up, that's kind of uh, the changes and bigger changes that you're looking at. Um, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed your time in the Zeal of Zenithar event too. Uh, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, we, We're on Twitter, on Discord, you know, you come tell us uh, how many, uh, you know, way shrines you transported to for only 18 gold. 18 gold, that was nice. It was nice. And then even after you're like 18 gold, it wasn't that much if you to travel again to a secondary location. It was like 23. It was like, come on, guys. This is amazing. 
All right, so dog, that is going to lead us right into our PvP side of stuff, and uh, we've got some mid-year freaking mayhem, freaking white streaks, freaking mayhem, Pelinol. I don't even know what name this is anymore, but it's coming. Yep, coming late July, so I have like a week to get a uh, Oak and Soul, you know, try it out. Oh my god, Oakensoul is going to be <laughs> not nerfed during Mayhem. This is going to be dangerous times. Yeah, and uh, depending on, you know, uh, if they make it the... Well, like, uh, so last uh, mid-year Mayhem, or White Shakes Mayhem, because it wasn't in the mid-year, uh, like, the uh, no CP campaign for Serial that they added in had it proc sets. So I'm wondering if, like, it's going to be like, oh, this is going to be... You know, Oak and Soul, plus you can have like your dark conversions and plague break and in a no CP with proc sets campaign because that's going to be like insane if it is like damage is going to be just off the walls. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, I'm going to be interested to see that. I'm going <laughs> to be up in there. I'm at three star now, so I'm going for that five star. Yeah. Especially now that, you know, uh, you know, what is the word? Not universal achievements, but uh, account-wide achievements. There you go. So I could get Grand Overload the title just on one character and have it on all of them. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely one way of doing it, yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, you know, then just make every level three character I have from then on is either a Grand Overlord or a former Emperor or, uh, you know, Tamriel Hero. You know? Now that you actually kind of like, you know, say something like that, uh, I wonder if like the uh, siege stuff, right? Not not like the actual siege, but like the uh, furnishing siege. I wonder if that's like tied to achievements. So I wonder if like, you know, you can buy your like, not like the uh, Elder Scroll, but like all like the cold fire ballistas for the different factions. Well, those are tied to directly to alliance rank for that character is it alliance rank or, or is it achievement it could be both no like, it may no have it's alliance okay. rank yeah it's still alliance rank yeah Dumb. like that's how you get the achievement but well, well yeah but like i have a grand overlord so does that grand yeah overlord so that won't transfer to like a a red character per se like that red character still will only be have access to whatever level uh, alliance rank furnishings that they've unlocked. Interesting. Yeah. Unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah. So let's get right into some of these scores, dogged for PCNA on Greyhost. We are just restarting. 28 days left in this campaign, and DC in the lead, 6.1k, EP right behind him at 6k, and AD bringing up the caboose, 5.7k. And luckily on EU, we once again have DC in the lead at 6.4k, AD at 5.7k, and EP at 5.2k, so... Uh, yeah, it's pretty much a great time to be live on, uh, you know, PC. Got DC in the lead on both servers. 
now it's a long month ahead, and whether that will continue to be the way that it is, we'll find out. But for now, relish in the great victory of leading both campaigns. Now, how about on Xbox, dog? All right. Uh, for Xbox NA, there's 13 days left in the campaign. You have uh, AD in first with 62K. Uh, DC in second with 42.4K. And EP in last with 42.2K. And then on Xbox EU, we have AD in first with 55K. DC in second with uh, 45K. And EP in last with uh, 43K. So solid leads in AD for both campaigns in that uh, for Xbox. Freaking AD. Now for PlayStation, also 13 days left, and uh, you be might be surprised because this NA battle is so close, it's almost insane. So we've got DC in the lead at 58,363. Now we got EP in second, literally right behind them at 58,318. So that's a 45 point difference. That is quite drastic considering it's usually, you know, in thousands or so. Uh, so then you go back to last place, AD was at 57,941. So they are only 422 points behind first place. And uh, that is a very, very close battle. You could throw a blanket over all three of them. They're that close. So, yeah. Very impressive. It must be great competition over there. On the EU side of things, you got EP in the lead at 59k, AD in second at 58k, and DC, unfortunately, in last at 55k. The good news is DC was only in last on, you know, one campaign over the six servers. Yeah, that's uh, better than last time we uh, did this uh, scores. I think we were like in last place for I think three of them. That's just not okay, honestly. That's why DC had to go turn it around, and we lead both on PC. So there you go. Now, before we get into the rest of our episode, we of course wanted to take this little middle portion of our show to remind you we are part of the oh so wildly popular Robots Radio Podcast Network where if you go check out robotsradio.net, you will find a plethora of shows that you will most likely fall in love with or your money-back guarantee because you don't got to give us any money. So there you go. Anyways, um, bad jokes aside, there's all kinds of great podcasts over there, including us, and, you know, that's really cool too. So go check it out, robotsradio.net. Following is a public service announcement from the Starter Set Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your D and D campaign. This is the Starter Set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's Hal's Moving Castle mm-hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. Because <laughs> one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. So join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? Alright, so dogged. 
a few while ago, whatever, it was a bit ago, we got a combat preview for update 35 and the changes they're going to be making. And it sent waves through the ESO community in the most not wonderful way, unfortunately. Um, so uh, I guess let's just get into it before we really start actually getting into it. And uh, let's just go through some of this combat preview for the uh, audience here. All right. Sounds good. Um I'll go ahead and start with like, you know, the first part. It's not like the entire thing, but it's like a good I would say it's probably like most of it. So All right, so the first one, you're like, you know, this first part, it's about weaving. Uh so currently to be truly effective in ESO's combat, you need to learn to manipulate something that is known as weaving which refers to the act of squeezing multiple actions into the global cooldown window. Doing so drastically increases your agency and output, and, and it is a staple of the game that we've come to embrace, as it helps our combat feel different and exciting to participate in once you learn the ins and outs. However, the impact of weaving leads to a massive gap in performance where players who cannot interact with it as effectively are left miles behind those who can. Uh, while this is partially unavoidable and an important part of what makes the mastery of ESO or any act act activity utilizing a similar system uh, particularly satisfying, we want to do what we can to shorten that delta. Uh, the closer the gap between the low and high end, the easier it is to create content that can accommodate a wider audience while making more natural progression points for those looking to improve. To this end, we've started to look at the impact that one of the most common and important forms of weaving has an ESO light and heavy attack weaving. So basically here, what they're saying right off the start is there, the gap between, uh, super end game players and just average players is getting too wide and that they're trying to, uh, shorten that gap and the, biggest problem of that gap that they're trying starting to see is this crackhead level of light attack weaving that we have created as an ESO community and you know what I get it whether you like light attack weaving or you don't that's cool um you know it it just is part of the game at this point and I guess that's really the argument that we're going to get into here that a lot of people are saying um for me all, all light attack weaving is is me staring at my skill bar the entire time I'm doing anything um, to immediately make sure once my thing is casted like and I'm not even like I cast and I'm I click right trigger like probably four to six times in the time that I get one light attack off because I have to make sure that it is going off that exact second um and it's just like it makes me feel like I, I it's, I'm not like in tune with the game. It's just I hate light attack weaving. I think it's like the worst thing for ESO DPS. I mean, it's like definitely makes ESO different than any other game. I don't know if that's why you want ESO to be different because we interweave everything with a light attack. I mean, is that's really the uh 
you know, thing that sets Elder Scrolls Online apart from other MMOs, then is that really, does it matter then? But, uh, okay. So that's, uh, right off the bat, they're like, we've identified this as a, uh, something that creates a large, uh, gap between players, the players that do this very successfully and the players that don't. So right off the bat, they're like, this is the problem that we're going to work on. So lots of fancy words to say that, I guess. Yeah, that, that's a definitely a hot tank right there. Um, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm like, I would say I'm decent at a light attack weaving. I thought I was, you know, pretty good. And then I did a parse and I found out that I was not as good as I thought I was. So that was interesting to find out. And that was like six months ago or so. So it's probably because you're, you know, actually just doing, you know, rotation and kind of enjoying your life and not just, (laughs) you know, not blinking the entire time and listening for the exact <laughs> sound cues and the animation canceling and everything that goes into this perfect light attack weaving. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But, uh, yeah. So, coming in uh, update 35, they're reducing uh, light and heavy attacks, impact, and damage production by adjusting their damage to deal a flat amount, regardless of stats. We spent a considerable amount of time investigating the baseline experience that a new player would have with these attacks, uh, using that as our starting point for how much damage they do moving forward. The aim is not to harm the low-end experience and target only the higher-end. In doing so, we hope to reduce the difference of damage potential in a way that retains the satisfaction of learning to weave where the impact is still felt, but to a much less degree than before. Uh, for reference, in many of ESO's high-end experiences and activities, uh, the average build sees roughly 15-20% to 20% of their overall damage coming from light attacks alone, which is a huge con- contrib- con- uh, contribution to the delta of power we see while testing these adjust- adjustments eternally. We've seen a reduction of 6-11% to 11% to overall damage, which allows for a smaller and healthier gap while still remaining sense of mastery and expression of the mastery with weaving. So the main thing, like with this little right here, is that they're saying that light attacks is seeing, I would, I, I'm going to go ahead and probably say at least 10% damage reduction. It says, you know, 6 to 11, but if you're going from 15 to 20% to 6 to 11%, that's, I would say, a pretty solid 10%. Yeah, and uh, I think that's probably too much. I think maybe if they would have gone 11 to 15, then it'd probably still be okay, you know? Yeah, because I'd be um, like 5%, yeah. Yeah, you if, know. If you had 100k DPS, you'd be going from 100k to 95k, not a 100k to 90k. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know. The, it, like... If you don't like light attack weaving, then take it out. You know, and they're like, oh, well, this allows for a smaller and healthier gap while still retaining the sense of mastery. I'm like, no, like, I don't feel like a master. I don't feel like, like, you're telling me, oh, we don't want you to have to 
do this super intense weaving that's uh, totally, you know, non-immersive and pulls you out of the game experience. Um, but now we're just going to make it where uh, you still have to, or and you do less damage while doing it, but you can also not do it as much and still do 5% less damage. Like, you're not doing... The gap, the, it's still, it went from 15 to 20 to 6 to 11. So the gap is still 5%. But now there's just saying the gap is more manageable. I don't really think that is a solution. Just being like, well, now the gap is still so big, but uh, it's okay because it's within a certain power range. Like, why don't you actually try and close the 5% gap instead of taking away everyone's ice cream i guess you know i i don't know like i i mean i just don't know like i mean i mean, I mean like there's stuff that you know i want to say but that's kind of more for like a later time you know like later on but i have nothing to really say right here right in the moment you know all right well you can you can start reading about combat effects perfect well I will do just that then, dog. So they go on to say, talk about combat effects uh, outside of light attack weaving. This is something else they're working on. So the other area we have spent a considerable amount of time on for this update is the uptime of effects in ESO, as these are another huge way to improve your combat capabilities. Outside of weaving... The main limiter of your effectiveness in combat is your ability to output events, such as damage, healing, shielding, etc., which is bound by activating abilities, which in turn are bound with, within the global cooldown system. Activating an ability from your action bar locks out your other abilities for one second, so... A way to circumvent this system is to utilize actions that add power or extra events without your need to continuously activate them. These are often seen as buff and debuff abilities or damage and healing overtime abilities. Keeping as many of these abilities up as long as possible dramatically improves your combat potential, creating another area of mastery and potential of power deltas. Currently, many of these abilities fall within a 10 second window, meaning to maximize your efficiency, you must activate them once every 10 seconds. With 10 total active ability slots at your disposal, this often creates a situation where you want to load up almost every slot with one of these abilities, adding to your combat output for each duration based effect you utilize. Between this and the engagement of weaving, this creates a reality where high actions per minute, or APM, is required to be effective, as well as a robust rotation to keep as many of these effects up as possible. This in turn reinforces a need to glue your eyes to your action bars, taking you out of the action happening on screen. Well, this can create exhilarating combat experiences where you need to constantly monitor different activities on screen, it can also be overwhelming and particularly challenging for you to do so at the rate required to be effective. And let's not forget, 
uh, we're talking about staring at, you know, an actions bar, uh, which is very different from, you know, console to PC. They have so many add-ons on PC to make it easier for you to just stare at your uh, actions bar and not really have to care about the battle going on as much because you have things telling you uh, when mechanics are happening, you have things telling you when to take your potions, when to roll dodge. You know, it is much more involved on consoles, so it's a lot harder to watch everything happening and also keep up such a high uh, level of actions per minute, such a high level of uh, rotation. So, and I'm not saying, you know, like, oh, add-ons. I'm just saying, like, keep that in mind. Like, if you think that it's crazy on PC, just, you know... It's that much crazier on consoles, so maybe it is something, you know, that they need to work on because it can really create a huge gap of people who are very successful at this, like, I mean, you just, you have to be super in tune with this game, and I feel like as someone who has played for, like, six or seven years, however long it's been out now, yeah, I can do that to a certain extent, but... Uh, you know, I only got good at really end game DPS probably in the last three or four years. You know, it took me a long time to even understand that, you know, weaving and everything. So, I don't know. Basically, yeah. So, like I was saying earlier, I have that same problem. Like, my eyes are constantly stuck to the screen. I don't really know if that's a productive way to uh have the game in its current state but it's how it's been for so long so you know does that mean they need to change entirely i don't know does that mean they tweak it i don't know let's find out because we have more so they go on to say as such coming in update 35 we are increasing the duration of many of these effects in game primarily damage over time buffs and debuffs by extending the duration, we hope to reduce the stress of many combat rotations, allowing you to focus more on the action in front of you rather than the action of juggling buffs and debuffs on your ability bar and making the game far more accessible. Since many of these effects currently add a tremendous amount of power per cast over the duration, simply increasing the duration would merely inject a significant amount of power into the game, where this is already in excess. To combat this, we're adjusting many of these values to account for their increased duration. There will be overall increases of effectiveness per cast while reducing their effectiveness per second while active. This should reduce the ceiling potential of many builds while improving their baseline experience where many players will have an easier time keeping these effects active. In simpler terms, we're reducing the damage potential for these abilities per second while increasing their total output overall. Now, this is where we're going to get into a problem because instead of just increasing the time that an effect is active we're gonna f see as we get into the pts that they're dramatically lowering the damage output of these abilities which even if they would have left these damages the same 
and just extended the time, the way that you fix that is you increase the cost of these abilities. You don't decrease the damage because now you're just going to have this wet noodle attack that sits on the ground for 20 seconds doing nothing instead of a attack that was doing just fine that you're already going to have on the ground for 20 seconds because of your rotation that keeps it up entirely, indefinitely. And now you just have to cast it less, so the thought would be that it would cost more, not do less damage. So I really feel like they dropped the ball on that one. And it's as as you guys are going to see as we go along, it's going to cause problems. So they finish up saying... We hope this helps provide some clarity of our goals with the upcoming changes you'll see and aids in bracing yourself for the number of changes coming as well. We know this is never an easy process and we appreciate your patience and tolerance as we try to improve the game that you and we love. May your roads lead you to pleasant journeys and we look forward to seeing you in Tamriel. Oh, that was a Hopeful way to end such a rambunctious statement. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice, right? A nice way to end it. Not very effective, but that's okay. So, dogged. How was this received when it came out? I'm gonna kind of just go with you know my initial thoughts. Um, overall, I was I would say I was kind of interested in the changes. Um, you know, longer dots. Uh, buff and debuff timer seemed, you know, it seemed like it'd be a pretty good overall change. I have seven dots and execute an emergency heal and a spammable and being able to use my spammable or each emergency heal more sounded great to me. Like sounded amazing. Um, the main thing I was excited for was that this would kill the one shot heavy attack builds in PVP. Cause I hate those builds. I hate just being like, oh, I'm just running around, running around, boom, dead. Heavy attack for like 25k, 30k. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, the light and heavy attacks being, you know, a lower flat damage would, I think, could definitely lower the ceiling on parses, but it, I think it also kind of lowers the floor as well. So, kind of like what you said, but. What were your overall thoughts, Bob? Yeah, when this first dropped, um, I was pretty uh, into it, honestly. And once again, this is, you know, Dog and I putting ourselves in the time of, you know, before we knew the further changes coming out. But I was like, okay, they're going to work on light attack and heavy attack. You know, they've been saying for a while that they've been working on that behind the scenes. So I expected something to happen. I was a little bit like, I don't know if that's going to be too much of a DPS drop for it. You know, I don't know uh, if that's really going to, you know, fix the problems they're hoping for, if it's just going to create new problems. Um, so I was a bit timid, but I was like, okay, this could, you know, things could be all right. And then uh, as far as the dots and everything, I was like, okay, this is cool. Because... Um, when this they were first saying this, I was like, okay, they're just going to increase the durations. And that will make rotations way easier. Um, you know, a lot less. It will just let you have your spammable do more and everything. And I guess that's why they're like, oh my gosh, they're going to be able to do spammable so much more. 
and they're going to do way more damage when you decrease this damage. Now, as the patch notes came out, you know, our minds may start to change, but when this first dropped, I was like, okay, this sounds like it has great potential. Uh, now, that's me and Dog's thoughts, and we kind of discussed it a little bit. We tried not to too much because we knew we were going to be talking about it a lot on our podcast, but we definitely had a bit differing opinions. And uh, it would turn out that not only were we opinionated on this topic, but the entirety of the ESO fam became very opinionated on this topic. Isn't that right, dog? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the community thoughts on it, right? Well, you had some people that liked it, right? You had some people that, you know, had questions or just wasn't really sure what, like, all this meant, which, you know, pretty reasonable. Um, you had some people who hated it. And then you had some people that were toxic, that were so hateful, and they were just toxic about it, right? And then, to make things even better, right? You know, gotta go one step farther. You had some people who hated the people who hated it. And there were some that were toxic to the people who not only hated it and was toxic toxic about it, but was toxic to the people who just question it. Who just, like, you know, just question it or, like, you know wasn't really sure they're just being you know super toxic to the people who was like i don't really get what's going on you're like what i i don't i hate you and yeah so pretty much like that little toxic uh kind of like white knighting was like adding a whole nother layer of toxicity to some of the people that were already being toxic so it just became a real toxic wasteland yeah it's weird because this is a fallout so so yeah, I got bad there. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, good way to go, dog. Very proud of your follow, Joe. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, it got pretty bad there. I mean, you know, for me, there's just always going to be people that are like freaking out about change. I think, um, you know, like some of the devs kind of like said some stuff about people freaking out, and they're like, you know you know, at least wait till the changes come out before you freak out. And yeah, I think uh, that was pretty reasonable. They're like, you know, it, it seems bad now, but just wait for it to come out. It's, you know, actually give it a try. Yeah. And, and like, it, hate it. That's a reasonable thing to say, but I really don't think it's a good thing for like, you know, <laughs> some of those people to say, because that kind of just fuels the fire a little bit. I think, like, that's not going to calm those people down, you know? Like, those people are already up in arms, and they're not going to get calmed down by it. anyone telling them to just wait. They're going to be like, oh, really? Tell me to just wait, you know? I'll tell you all about it, you know? So, um, it's just, you know, when you have anything in life, um, and you have a situation where... Uh, some people are telling you, you know, you're wrong or it's going to be horrible or whatever. You know, the haters are going to hate. That's it's a saying for a reason. And sometimes the best option is to just uh, let the haters hate man, and just keep doing your thing because you know that it's all going to work out in the end. And uh, in the case of this situation, the ESO fam, 
you had your haters hating, and then you had uh, the moderate amount of people who were like, okay, you know, people chill out, everything's be okay. But then you had, yeah, just the amount of white knights that came out to just say, you know, anyone who, like Dog said, was even like, you know, I'm a bit timid about this change. Okay, well, you hate Elder Scrolls Online and we hate you. It's like, wait, what? No, that's, and that's became like a problem. And that's something I post about on Twitter is that, you know, if you're going to, and outcry people for being toxic that's okay but to come back at toxic people with more toxicity like what are you doing what are you even thinking that's not uh it's not a, a peaceable way to approach this situation you're just fighting fire with fire creating a bigger fire and uh i don't know if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all, right? I mean, that's the golden rule. And uh, if, uh, you know, you're willing to tell people to wait for the patches, then, you know, then let's all just wait for the patches. And then we could all yell at each other then. Because before then, it was just this magical time of who knows what's coming. And apparently, we all hate each other until then. So, yeah. So did your thoughts kind of change on it like before, like, you know, when you first came out and before, like, you know, ES Alive, like, because my thoughts definitely changed on it. And I know we talked about it, but um, like before ESO Live, like, from yeah, like, that... yeah, like before ESO Live, like from just kind of like what the community was saying. Mm, I mean, so it did kind of like. Okay, so at first I was like, whatever on it, you know. And then, like, uh, if anything, there was just so many people being toxic at first that I kind of got to a point where I was like, you know what, uh, yeah, I would just take Light Attack Weaving out of the game entirely because all <laughs> these people were complaining so much. But then uh, it got to the point where so many other people were just being toxic to anyone that was, like, questioning change. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, well... um you know, like, just change it all then, you know, like, uh, if people are just gonna, I don't know, like, I, I can't really say whether, how much my opinion changed before ESO Live, honestly, I don't think it changed too much, but if it all did right. get affected, it was mainly by the ridiculousness of both, all sides of the community. I can definitely agree with that. Um, I know I definitely went from like being like pretty supportive of it to being more questioning of how things were going to be implemented, especially like when I kind of thought about it, I'm like, well, if they do this wrong, this is, this is going to actually be really bad. Um, but yeah, my final take of like the combat preview before ES alive and all that was like, it seemed like their goal was to lower overall DPS and get more people to that end game level, you know? Seems pretty like seems like a really good you know ambition to have, um, so, you know to to kind of a uh, streamline it though. Um, update thirty five was just going to be a bigger DPS nerf than the high aisle chapter, which to me kind of conflict conflict with the two goal that they saw. So um, usually when damage or sets get nerfed, it hurts people with lower DPS more because it's harder for 
people to just like swap out gear because you're not already running, you know, the meta gear, you're running whatever gear you have. And you then now on top of that, you have to figure out, oh my gosh, I just lost, you know, like 5k DPS and I'm not pushing out 100k DPS. I might be pushing out like 50k DPS. So that's a lot more than just losing, you know, 5k on 50k DPS is a lot more than losing 100, you know, losing 5k DPS on 100k DPS. So, yeah, I I just kind of saw it as like, oh, this is going to be another you know dps nerf so well that's, and that's like a thing it. like everyone got hung up on this word accessible making the game more accessible yes. yeah everyone is like well if you need if you're just trying to make the game for disabled people to play it then just do it this way and i'm like okay whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like they're trying to make the game more accessible for anyone to just pick up and play. Like, man, people got really hung up on this one uh, word of the whole thing. And it's like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, it's okay, first off, for things to be more accessible. And, like, let's get real, okay? The gatekeeping and the end game ESO community is getting a bit ridiculous. Okay. It is. Yeah. Like I can't get into trials. Okay. I sit here and run a freaking podcast. I put out <laughs> plenty of DPS and there's people who are going to sit here and tell me that I'm not good enough at the game to go do, you know, vet clearing runs with them. And it, because I'm not putting out, you know, uh, you know, DPS. 100k dps i'm only putting out 85 or whatever and it's like okay sure guy uh i'd like to see one group of your trial one member of your trial group actually put out that about of dps in an actual live situation not just on a parsing dummy but okay whatever um but yeah so it's it's really bad like and you you know if you're a part of an awesome guild or something you know you guys do great runs that's cool but it's not always super easy to get into these things and like i see it a lot people are like i can't i'm having trouble getting in trials having trouble getting into this end game content if you're like find a guild and it's like okay well some of these guilds are super heavy gatekeeping like they don't even want to, you know, think about letting you in if you're not at X point in the game. A lot of them don't have time to help, don't have time to farm gear, don't have time to do anything. If you're not ready and, you know, there, then they don't care. And it's like a lot of the times this gear you need is from other trials and stuff. So it's just like a never-ending cycle and it's uh, it's becoming a problem. So I think that trying to make the game more accessible for people to you know accessible in the sense that maybe people who couldn't do vet versions of dungeons because let me tell you there are people who can't do these veteran dungeons these new dlc dungeons on veteran just even finding a group to do that we have friends in our guild that you know like they're not super end game and we're just queuing to find a pug group to do these hard DLC dungeons on veteran 
can become a real struggle. Heck, there's times me and dog queue for these dungeons on veteran, and if you get two goofballs that are, you know, not wanting to work together or, uh, you know, do mechanics right, some of these dungeons on DLC on veteran become a freaking test, like of your just willpower to get through. Honestly, so I don't think that uh, trying to narrow that gap is a bad thing. Whether they're doing it the right way, that's, you know, what really becomes a problem. And like Doug said, you know, it's like, the more you think about it, the more you're like, if they don't do this the right way, then it could be catastrophic, which is what becomes the real uh, problem, or what could be the real problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very true. Very true. So we got that preview, and then a little bit later... The day they were going to drop PTS notes, we got an ESO Live that had uh, Gina, Jess, Mike Finnegan going over the new dungeons. And then they brought in two of the head combat people, Brian Wheeler and someone else dogged. It's uh, Alec Verish. So then we had some of the combat guys. We had Brian and Alec as well coming out here to uh, talk some of these changes. And uh, I was working, and I've only gone back through it so much, so I only got to watch so much. But uh, they did go over it a lot, and uh, I don't know if they really... uh, alleviated everyone's worries but they at least really uh did go a bit more in depth into why they're changing some of the things so that was definitely nice so dog uh why don't you get up into this cso live what was it all about my dude all right well i'm gonna kind of do like you know a little brief summary right one of the first things that i found like the most notable about eso live was one of the first things they mentioned was that the secrets in the dungeons are anymore aren't very secretive anymore and that's very true whenever you have a dungeon that has three bosses you know there's going to be secrets like you just know it's going to be a thing and didn't they both have three but only three bosses last yeah time? They, they both yeah they've had three bosses for i think the last two dlc ones yeah and it's kind of a bummer honestly like the secrets were more fun when there were secrets yeah like um now it's like not even a secret it's like you have to do this if you want to be better at the dungeon because it's going to give you a buff yeah um the next thing they did was they talked about um well they did they went through the whole entire dungeon thing um i didn't want to go too much into like the dungeon stuff so uh so yeah that that so they did dungeons for probably like the first like i want to say 30 maybe 40 minutes um, the rest of it was, you know, with the combat people. Um, they talked, you know, about the, the combat. Uh, they talked that the combat changes will close the gap of the player base and in turn close the gap between normal veteran and veteran hard mode content. Um, I'm definitely interested in finding out if that, you know, that's the case or not. So pretty uncertain, but closing the gap is definitely a good thing if they can manage to pull it off. That's a lot of work, though, too, because that means that you like when I when I when I heard that, I was kind of picturing like, are they going to go in and kind of like tweak the, the difficulty of every normal veteran and vet hard mode dungeon and trial? 
like maybe not like you know base game and like the first couple dlc because the first few dlcs were pretty reasonable in like the progression besides you know normal to vet because normal to vet's always a big jump but the vet to vet hard mode was not that much like there's some of them where it was crazy but it was like oh but it wasn't like oh here here's like two more mechanics and everything just hits like a truck now so um the next big thing is that uh alec was he's saying that he's did 80 hours of parsing and that's a lot of parsing i can barely stand doing five minutes of parsing before getting bored just um so that's intense to say the least especially you know seeing that i hate doing five minutes yeah, because five minutes isn't even long enough to kill the 20 million astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of like lastly, finding out that the parse there, that they parse both PVE and PVP is kind of neat to know. Just like, you know, that they at least test stuff out beforehand. I mean, obviously they can't make it perfect, but they do at least try, which is, you know, sometimes that's all what really matters, you know, being able to like, oh, we're not going to just unrelease un- this thing. and. Yeah, it'd just be bad, so. Yeah, I mean, it's good to know they do separate testing, at least. They don't just break one thing and, you know, the other way. And like, oh, no, now it's broken in PvP. (laughs) Yeah. But I must say, I also hate parsing, and I can't picture myself doing 80 hours of it. (laughs) Unless I was getting paid like that guy. And then in that case, I'll do as much parsing as you want. In fact, I'll probably (laughs) enjoy it, so. Yeah. But I do appreciate his dedication to the job. So, you know, good job, yeah. guy. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that ESO Live did a lot to really alleviate anyone's, you know, worries or tensions. But I know that they did talk about it, but I think it was more stuff that was like, okay, okay. Um, I'm like, uh, they kind of just said, like, you know, PTS is going to be out. They did kind of talk about some of the goals, but I don't really remember slash i didn't really want to write all that down um so yeah yeah. it was just more of like okay you know delving into a bit of more why they're doing yeah stuff so then shortly after the eso live the pts finally drops and we get a much further look at the uh situation so Right off the bat, as they stated, light and heavy attacks now deal a flat amount of damage rather than scaling with your highest offensive stats. That's a huge change. Resources restored from fully charged heavy attacks have been streamlined to grant an average of approximately 1350 resources based on their total cast time and cooldown, rather than varying values with no standardization. So basically depending on the length of your heavy attack, you get a certain amount back. I guess that's cool. Um, also, it was just random. Like, uh, your heavy attacks would just give random amount out of resources to, I guess. Which is Okay, yeah, that random. makes no sense, but that's good. <laughs> so then they also adjusted player damage over time abilities to generally follow the following rules. Abilities will now last 20 seconds in duration, up from 10. Almost all dots now tick on a two-second frequency rather than two seconds if they were single target and one second if they were area of effect base. 
Since they will now take longer to deal this damage, this will result in an approximate 33% overall DPS decrease for DOTs, well making them more worthwhile in long-term fights and easier to keep up. They also adjusted the power of player healing overtime abilities in tandem with the damage overtime changes. Almost all these abilities will tick once every 2 seconds, rather than 2 seconds if they were single target and 1 second if they were AoE. Almost all these abilities will now last 10 seconds duration, while some class skills have been increased to 20 seconds rather than varying durations between 8 and 10. Okay, so right off the freaking bat, 33% nerf to overall DPS and dots. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, that's pretty intense. <laughs> like, that is just absolutely insane. And then for them to be like, oh, but it makes them more worthwhile in long-term fights. Okay, well, guess what's not a long-term fight? This 1v1 <laughs> fight in the middle of Cyrodiil that this guy can move out of every AoE dot that I place. And I have to constantly request them. Why does it matter if it lasts 20 seconds to me if it's a fight where I have to recast it all the time because my enemy is constantly moving? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. okay. I, like, sure, make it last longer if you want to make it last longer, but you're going to take away a third of the damage? That's absolutely insane. Yeah, and on top of that, you know, third of the damage, slight attack DPS is down by 10%, you know, roughly. Like, clearly, they kind of want you to, you know, supplement it with spammable. But like you said, if, you know, you're trying to fight someone in PvP, like, you know, dots are, are kind of nice. And you can't just like, oh, well, dots at least did something. Now in PvP, they're like, oh, there's a dot here. Well, I better get out of this. Even like, I better get out of this. It's not going to hurt much because it might hit me once, but I, I, it takes me like two seconds to get out of any AOE, except for cow shops because cow traps is huge. Yeah. Plus, so. AOEs now are only going to tick every two seconds. So, yeah. Like, it used to tick every one second doing a good amount of damage. Now it's only going to take every two seconds and it's going to do significantly less damage. So basically, in a six-second span, which is a pretty long time, I'm going to just pause right here and count to six. That's six seconds, okay? That's a pretty long time. And if someone's standing in your circle there, the entire time you're fighting them, they're going to soak up a huge amount of damage. Now, in that same amount of time, they're only going to take three hits instead of six, and those hits are going to be 33% less. AoEs do nothing now. Absolutely nothing. As far as PvP stands. Like, I'm thinking of this as straight up in a PvP sense. That is a huge, huge nerf. Yeah, AoEs already already didn't do much. It was more like, oh, you stack AoEs on the door. Yeah. And you kind of like, all right, well, if everyone puts one AoE on the door, you know, you have some pretty solid damage there. I'd probably say at least like 2K DPS amongst every, everybody there if they have like a solid 10 AoEs there. Because, you know, Battle Spirit's 60% damage reduction. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, it's makes no sense in my mind like i can't even 
like put the math together like I, I don't get what their thought process is to do this. Like I said, increase the cost. Sure. Make it where, you know, I can't put this AOE or maybe I can't put seven AOEs or, you know, like do something, but just making them totally do hit like nothing. Like, I don't understand what the point is. Like, like I said, what boss just stands there for 20 seconds anyways? Oh, I was just say Zamanji, but Zamanji definitely does it. She teleports she everywhere. <laughs> the thing all the time. So. <laughs> all the bosses move. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, bosses move a it's lot, no actually. stationary uh, target you know, for that long. It's <laughs> a freaking parsing dummy. Like, is this... Your random normal dungeons, right? You know, I mean... They probably won't last 20 seconds depending on the group, but hey, you only had to cast it once. Not right? really. So a lot of those bosses move around, man. Not not Wayrest Sewers one though. Wayrest Sewers one. No, th- that's a bad example. Um not fun. I was gonna say yeah, no, 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 not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, not Celine's web. Alright, well. Eh. Go ahead. You wanna name all of them at this point? <laughs> Crypts of no. <laughs> Everyone has like some like weird charge effect or you. teleport or like oh <laughs> that's why this change makes no sense. Like it's great and the only thing that's great about it is that they wanted to make rotations easier. So you know what? Either give it more time and leave it the same, or don't touch it. That's where I'm at. Or Make it cost a little more, like I said. I mean, uh, the biggest thing that I don't like about these changes isn't like so much the nerf to damage or even the nerf to healing. The biggest thing I don't like about these is just you know, like kind of what you're going off the ticking of every other second. I hate that so much. I have heals that tick every other second already, and I don't want all my heals to do that. I hate it. Like, it's the one thing that I really, really hate. Um, like it, it's just I, I'd rather my skills to do like 2k every second than 4k every other second. I like seeing multiple healing ticks or multiple damage ticks, you know, even if they're smaller. Because... It's only for your uh, AOE heals, right? No, it all heals. I think I'm pretty sure it's all. Heals. Yeah, but they said that if they were single target. OK, so like. Said, yeah, almost all of those abilities will be taking two seconds rather than some taking two and some taking one. But so like, for example, what is a single target one heal over time that didn't, that used to take every second that will now not? Uh, Vigor is going to be taking every other second. Um, okay, yeah, I saw that. Every generation that's taking every other second. Oh, wow. Um. That that's that's kind of like the main two I use. Uh, I already had purify ticking every two seconds. Um, I think orbs are going to be ticking every two seconds. Okay. Uh, what is it? Uh, healing springs. That's going to be every two seconds. Uh, your I don't know if your skeleton healer already ticks every other second, but that that would be ticking every other second now. Yeah, and I guess in that sense, it kind of just feels like they're just trying to nerf healing, and that makes no sense. Yeah, like, I'm okay with the nerf to healing. Nerf, like, healing has been overpowered for, like, two years now. It's, like, 
So I'm okay if they just want to like nerf healing ticks, but doing it every other second, I don't think that's going to be good. Yeah, there's like there's definitely a way to do it, and healing is super overpowered in other shows online. It's been broken, like Doug said, probably for at least two years. I mean, broken. Like there aren't healers in this game anymore. They're only healer hybrid DPS because they're a time yeah, or support or like just full on support. Yeah, Full time healer just stands there because they. You only <laughs> need to have your basic single target uh, god heal. You know, breath of life if you're a Templar, or whatever. Yeah. The only place where healers are important are in trial, like vet hard mode yeah. trials and Cyrodiil. Yeah, super end game trials. Like even yeah, yeah, like even just a normal vet trial, people are going to be expecting you to do a lot as a healer, not just stand there healing. And even then, you're going to have probably have some dots. Yeah, like I have two. Right. I have wall of elements and shards. I also use you know uh, entropy for major sorcery for healing. But yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. And uh, I know that uh, from uh, one of these, there was, a, I guess, like a bigger group or guild that put that document together that you sent me, dogged, um, that went and did uh, Vet Cloud Rest on the PTS. You know, they went in and tested it like we're all supposed to. Me and Dog don't, and we're horrible people for that, but it's okay. I don't have enough space for it, but and I don't think you do either. I would if I did, yeah. <laughs> but I really don't. So they did, and they had serious problems clearing VCR. And this was a group of players that all have done the trifecta of Vet Cloud Rest before. So they're all successful players, and they played like crap in there. And the main, uh, from what I was reading, one of the main problems they're having was the two-second uh, healing ticks. Like, the healers were having much... And damage ones, too. Yeah, and damage. But the healers definitely were having a much harder time balancing, like, you know, healing and da and support and everything. They just had to have much more, like, constant focus on healing. And that's, like, like I said, that's not even a direct like you know okay now you got to heal more because your heals don't do as much it's just like well we're gonna screw with the way that healing and times work so now you have to do, like pay attention more it's just like it's a fabricated way of making it healing be more dedicated to healing and I don't know. I don't. I don't really think that's actually what they're trying to do. So I think it's a poor, uh, you know, repercussion of the way that they're making these changes happen. And I really hope that that is something that they will look at and be like, okay, that's not what we were intending. So let's try and walk that back a bit and get to a point that's you know actually sustainable. But you know, we will definitely see. Yeah. Um, I think if they did like one of the updates and they kind of just more focused on that and see how the game feels after, uh, I feel like there'll be less people complaining and like maybe it, the game will kind of like, I don't know, kind of maybe just like feel better. 
But right now people are like, you know, low DPS, uh, panic, 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 um, end of the world, uh, you know, panic, more panic. And it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's, we're only in week one of PTS. I mean, you know, we have four more weeks, maybe five. I don't, we, we have plenty more weeks, right? So they do have some changes. And, you know, speaking of changes, we do have a feedback update. Wait, did you want to say anything else? No. I kind of, no, okay. Uh, but yeah, we do have a feedback update. And this reads, uh, Hi all, we want to follow up on the conversations around the U35 combat changes. First, thanks to everyone who have tested the changes and provided details and constructive hands-on feedback. We have been reading your feedback and reviewing the testing data since PTS launched earlier this week, and we are continuing that process. We are exploring some adjustments based on testing findings for PTS for week three and beyond. We will share details about those next week. We also ask that players keep in mind that PTS is a test server. Numbers presented in PTS 1 are often different than what appears in PTS 5. Keeping that in mind, we will continue to review feedback and make adjustments as needed. Uh, thanks for your continued patience, and as we continue our testing on the PTS, please keep the hands-on feedback coming. Yeah, so, so yeah. I mean, there you go. They're basically stating it. Uh, and you guys know this is just a fact. that That's why we don't even talk about PTS notes usually, except, you know, very big uh, changes, is that they change so much in the PTS cycle. Now... These are such drastic changes that we even took time out of our, you know, weeks uh, and our normal scheduled appearances to uh, talk about this specifically. But, uh, you know, the big thing is that they say they're listening and they're saying that they're going to, you know, provide changes based on that feedback. I don't know. You know, it's a good thing for them to say. It's a great thing for them to do. I don't know if it really needs to be said because I've already seen people now who are like, all right, well, if they don't do what we said, then they're freaking liars and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, (laughs) here we go. They have, you know, they barely even said it and people are already freaking saying that they're lying. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't think there's going to be like a full total reversal, but I I definitely think that there's going to be some like changes. Yeah, and they the last few updates when they had big things going on in the PTS and uh, people pointed out issues, they did fix them in the PTS cycle or at least create a better version of what they were going for. So I think that the only thing I'm worried about is that, you know, the PTS cycle is only so long and these are huge changes. So, like, how much time do you have to get feedback and implement a better process is going to be the real question. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, so kind of, you know, to kind of wrap this up, um, I think from like the beginning, you know, Zoss had a pretty good, you know, vision of where they want and see the game to go, um, where these types of changes would kind of like push the game in order to meet the vision. um, and fortunately, not everyone sees this. And, you know, after some testing from other people, they're kind of seeing like this isn't exactly working the way that they want. At least we think that that's not what they what they want. I mean, we don't really know what we're assuming. Um, 
I'm definitely one of those people who thinks some of these changes are interesting. I don't really like all of them, like mainly the ticking every every other second. I just I just don't like that. Um, but you know, come come September sixth when the DLC drops on Xbox, I still plan on playing ESO. Like even if all even if my heels tick every other second, I'm I'm gonna be you know angry kind of, but I'm still gonna be playing ESO along you know. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna play ESO every day. Like that's not gonna change. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's about how it goes. They could uh <laughs> they could tear the walls down. I would still find a way to get in there and play ESO. But uh you know, I guess at this point I'll just have to find a way to tear myself away from tribute. Or you know, there you go, that they just break the game that much. I'll just play <laughs> Yeah, so until I just play Dust Tribute until they fix it. <laughs> there you go. You know, <laughs> that's why they really invented it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So uh, we hope you guys enjoyed our little jaunt through the combat changes of Update 35 and all of the big things that are to come. This will be the last dedicated episode we have on this until the patch notes actually come out on live. Uh, if there are significant updates and changes throughout the next few weeks, we will let you know. We will keep you posted. But, um, yeah, we usually don't do PTS stuff, as you guys know, but this was so big. And uh, I just had this feeling that, you know, it's such a widely talked about topic. You get an ESO and you're in Grotwood and in zone chat, people are like, update 35, the world is ending, light attacks aren't going to do damage. Uh, you know, and like you get this little like, you know, feeling on the inside like, oh my God, is my favorite game going to get ruined? So that's why we wanted to take some time and just tell you guys, you know, I'm not telling you everything's going to be okay because I don't know, but I at least want to make sure you guys have the information out there for yourself. And you could uh, gauge it for yourself. You got our opinions on it as two, uh, you know, end game players who've been playing for a long time. So there you go. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, I definitely glad we finally got to talk it over. We've been trying to record this episode for like a week, so it was good to get it done. Yeah, like, yeah, like we wanted to kind of do it, uh, you know, like right when the combat update came out, but it's like, well. Now I have questions and ES Alive was going to be on Monday and then I got sick and that was the whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And then we also, it worked out though, because we did get that, uh, the review from them that said they're listening to feedback and going to be posting more updates. So there you go. Yeah. So, Dog, why don't you wrap it up first, my man? Where could the people find us? All right, well, you can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on the Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us on our ESO PC or Xbox field of Airs the Red Diamond, which you can join on the Robots Radio Discord on our robotsradio.net. Yeah, and I had a, uh, a homie message me while playing Xbox ESO the other day and was like, hey, man, I love your show, uh, and I would love to get an invite to the guild. Yeah, so how about that, guys? These things actually happen in real life. And uh, guess what? I did invite him to the guild. And that person was Blast Tyrant 81 on Xbox. Yeah, GG, man. Welcome to the guild. And uh, 
hope you're having a good time out there in the ESO land. Other than all the other things Dog said, if you guys uh, are looking for some other ways to hit us up, if you check out our show notes, we've got links to all awesome stuff. Our merch store, ESO-Hub.com, our music producer, and uh, other great stuff. Plus, if you guys want to take the time out of your day to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will scream it out loud to the heavens over our audio waves that is this podcast so there you go dogged where can the people find you my man all right you can find me on xbox twitter and esopc all at dogbark24 um xbox is probably you know the most likely i check twitter occasionally and uh if you want to check me out anywhere it's gonna be xbox esopc twitter and twitch as well Spell Chichinsky right, and you will find me wherever you go. So we hope you guys enjoyed, as always, and uh, have a great week out there. We'll catch you on the flip side. Yep, see ya. Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside.